Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to Season 9 and 3 quarters of Heart to Heart with Anna. While Anna is on hiatus, we have a special bonus episode for you today. I'm guest host Laura Ryan. Thank you for joining us. Today's show is a heart warrior's early onset of menopause. Kathy Ware was born in 1974 with tricuspid atresia and pulmonary stenosis. After multiple surgeries, her current care includes seeing an adult cardiologist every 10 months at the University of Virginia. Kathy is still cyanotic and there are no plans for additional surgeries. Kathy is married and a full-time professor at Lord Fairfax Community College. In her early 30s, Kathy noticed something was changing, not with her heart, but with her menstrual cycle. Upon talking to her OBGYN, Kathy was told she was too young to be reaching menopause. Instead, she was put on an antidepressant to deal with the mood swings, breast pain, and paranoia. While listening to the Adult Congenital Heart Association's webinar about menopause and CHD, the host suggested Kathy see a menopausal specialist. Kathy did so, and after giving four vials of blood, the test results showed she was in late transitional menopause almost 10 years early. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. Kathy? Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. Let's get right into this. After all your procedures, you are still cyanotic. Can you tell us a little more about your condition? As you mentioned, I was born with tricuspid atresia, which means I was born without a tricuspid valve, so there is no opening between my right atrium and my right ventricle. My right ventricle wasn't getting the normal blood supply in utero, so my right ventricle didn't form. My parents were told it looks like a dried up prune after my first surgery. That's what they decided it looked like. <laughs> my first surgery was the POTS, which I do not think is done anymore. I had this at seven weeks of age, the central shunt at age five, and then reconstruction of the POTS, which was a modified BT shunt at age 15, and a classic or single directional glen three weeks later, and I was still 15. The POTS caused a buildup of scar tissue on my left pulmonary artery, causing this artery to narrow, and that's where I get the pulmonary stenosis. By age 10, this was a real concern that I couldn't have the Fontan. And what 
what would be my life outcome. My parents requested my medical records be sent out for a second opinion, and Mayo responded that they would be willing to try a surgery. Therefore, my last two surgeries were done at Mayo in Minnesota. Unfortunately or fortunately, depends on how you look at it, my left pulmonary artery did not open, but instead, over time, has completely closed off pretty much. Therefore, I am not a candidate for the Fontan. This explains why I'm still cyanotic with an oxidation running in the 70s to mid-80s. Wow. Your anatomy is a lot like mine. Yes. And very much so. Yes. But that's for another show. Yes. And another time. Next question is, when you were in your 30s, you started having problems. Did you have an idea early on it was related to menopause? Or did your symptoms tip you off in any way? I first noticed something different in my early 30s. It would seem like I was irritable or sad for an entire month. I would go from one cycle to the next cycle, and then after that next cycle, I would come out of that moodiness or that irritability or depression or whatever you'd want to call it. And I asked my GYN about this, and I was told, well, it's probable that you're changing a little bit, but there was still no discussion of menopause. However, the mood swings got worse as the years went on. I would have one, two good weeks a month, and then I would begin to spiral into the anxiety and depression or sadness again. I began to struggle with paranoia. I was convinced that I was worthless, unwanted, and ugly. But once my period would start, all of that would disappear, and I would have another week or two of, of you know, sanity, so to speak, before it would start spiraling down again. There is a consideration or a thought that the drop in estrogen that happens at the time of ovulation causes all of this moodiness and actually causes the bottom to drop out of our self-confidence. And so it was during those worsening cycles that I began to go, is this menopause? Is this perimenopause? Is this what's happening to me? I also had symptoms of painful mouth. I would have mouth pain. I've had geographic tongues since I was in my early 20s and put on progesterone-only pills, and that would get worse as my period would get closer. The roof of my mouth would hurt. I asked doctors. I asked the dentist. Nobody could tell me what was going on. It was just recently I stumbled upon the fact that this is a symptom of menopause. (laughs) Heart palpitations horrible indigestion, migraines. I've had migraines since I was eight. Restless leg was getting worse. Sore throat. My mother and I both, that was our PMS symptom. We have sore throats. Joint pain, sinus congestion, breast pain. And again, for the most part, all of this would clear up shortly after my period would start. My migraines, not so much, but I do know that they are connected to my cycle. My period itself began to get shorter in the sense that the rougher days would be the first two. I would stand up and think the bottom fell out. Uh, I would have horrible cramps and clotting. And I noticed that my periods were getting further and further apart, ever so gradually. And then about two or three years ago, I started skipping months uh, fairly regularly. So those were my key points. 
Okay. Wow. Again, that sounds a lot like me. <laughs> <laughs> and can you tell us about your attempts to get answers about your symptoms? Was it difficult talking to your doctor? I would mention these changes to my GYN, but I was told I was too young for menopause. However, every time I would mention it to my GP, and I had three different GPs at the time, I struggled to keep a good GP. They would all say I was likely in perimenopause. They didn't question the fact that this could be happening to me. And it was finally my GP that put me on antidepressants for these symptoms. My GYN basically said, no, I should have my GP put me on them. That was six years ago, and it has helped with the symptoms. I'll admit, I want to get off of them, but I can't do it quite yet. Last year, I mentioned I was going over 30 days between my period to my GYN, and according to WebMD, this states that you're quite late in perimenopause. Again, my GYN said, if I go beyond 90 days, I need to be seen because... I'm probably building up an intermediate lining, and we wouldn't want that because that can cause uterine cancer. She also told me that, well, I was growing up, and, and that was her explanation for all of this. And I thought to myself, if I'm going through menopause, I'm not building up an endometrial lining. I'm not cycling. Why are we worrying about that? I didn't find it hard to talk about my symptoms, I pretty much never have. It was more of a frustration that I didn't feel like I was being heard. I could go and look at WebMD and I could go through their list of symptoms and just check them off. But supposedly I couldn't be in menopause. Right, because you were supposedly too young. Yes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and thank you, Kathy, for sharing that with us. Now it's time for a commercial break, but don't leave us yet. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the impact of early onset menopause when we come back after this brief commercial break. The most common theme that I hear is why. She always needed um, a lot of attention. She had strokes. Even though it's a natural inclination to withdraw from the CHD community, I think being a part of it to help me be part of the solution. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern. I'm Michael Lieben, and I'll be your host as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is a Heart Warriors Early Onset Menopause. 
Kathy Ware, just finished telling us how she discovered she had reached late transitional menopause. Kathy, you told us you were in your early 30s when you started experiencing symptoms of menopause. Can you tell us what kind of impact that had on you being so young? Were you surprised by the diagnosis? The only impact was the realization that I'm getting older. There was a little sadness about this. I can't really explain why. It was just kind of like, hmm, well, I'm moving on. But at the same time, I had my tubes tied at 26. I decided when I was 15, I'm not going to have children. I kind of figured out because of my background, this is going to be too risky for me. I was not surprised when this past February, I was finally told the diagnosis of late transitional menopause. It was more of a, thank goodness, somebody finally figured out what's wrong because I was getting to the point of saying, if this isn't menopause, then what the heck is wrong with me? What's happening to me? So it was, it was a relief to hear that. There was still some sadness there of, hmm, okay, we're, we're closing that chapter on my life. Right. Yeah, I can understand that completely. And let's see, did the diagnosis or the condition itself affect your heart health or other areas of your life? I know that my heart will be more at risk once I finish going through menopause, just like every other woman's risk. I have struggled with heart palpitations more. About six years ago, I had several months that they were happening quite frequently during the day. It was uncomfortable and disconcerting, a little scary. But since I didn't have children, I also know that my risk for breast cancer is higher. Thankfully, I'm hoping that going through menopause earlier might lower that risk some. Estrogen can be a carcinogenic for breast tissue. So the more exposure equals the higher likelihood of breast cancer. Actually, Pregnancy and breastfeeding lowers the estrogen exposure and thus the risk. I also know that my bone density is going to be a problem because I'm not as physically active as maybe I should be. And I'm not the healthiest eater either. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially with the estrogen. As you know, my mom passed away of breast cancer five years ago, mm-hmm. and hers was an estrogen receptive cancer. Yes. So I have to really watch that. And I don't eat soy products and stuff like that because I'm very careful. I try to be anyway. Right. But I, like you, I'm not a very healthy eater either. Who likes healthy food? No. It's no fun. No. I want to have fun. Yeah, yes. I want to have fun. And I know you have a great interest in anatomy and physiology, which is reflected in your work. Can you tell us how your experience with menopause have influenced your approach or work in your field? My students are aware that it's happening to me. My older female students maybe give me a smile and a nod when they see me peeling layers off because I'm having a hot flash and then a few moments later putting them all back on. Some students have noticed that I'm not as cold-natured as I usually am or as I was a semester or two ago. My students do know about my heart condition. I have used it in anatomy and phys to try to explain the heart function and to get them to critically think about how the body is having to respond to this low oxidation and why do these surgeries work, so to speak. 
I try to also make my students aware that everybody's homeostasis is different, meaning their body's balance. And I also try to get them to understand that as medical professionals, you need to listen to your patients, particularly those with chronic, even though I don't like to think of myself as chronically ill, I don't think myself that way. But I understand and your patients will understand what's happening to them maybe better than you do. So make sure you listen to what your patient is telling you. Very good. Very good points there. Thank you, Kathy, for sharing the information with us. Now it's time for another short commercial break, but don't leave yet. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Kathy about getting the right answers regarding menopause. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect, or CHD, community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. When I saw so many of these CHG groups growing, I found family just ready to join me. Anyone who is a member of the adult congenital heart defect community can be a guest on our show. We have a great year planned and we look forward to sharing other interesting topics. Heart to Heart with Nicole and David, serving the ACHD community, Wednesdays at noon Eastern. Did you know that most men suffer from beard itch, ingrown hairs, and a dry face all because they're not using the right shaving tools? At WoodRazor.com, we sell handmade heirloom quality badger hairbrushes that exfoliate the skin, open the pores, and stimulate hair follicles, which gives a gentleman a closer, more comfortable shave and a clean face. Visit our website, WoodRazor.com, where you can learn more about men's skin care and check out our professional shaving tools. A perfect gift for your man, built to last for generations. That's W-O-O-D-R-A-Z-O-R.com. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, the show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is a heart warrior's early onset menopause. We just finished talking with Kathy Ware about the impact that at just 43 years old, menopause has had on her life. We have a little time left, so I'd like to ask a couple more questions before we're done. If this isn't too personal, how old were you when you started your cycle? I was 14 years old. I was a late bloomer, like my father. My father's graduation picture from high school, he looks like he's 12. So I was a late bloomer. I started when I was 14. And then I had my last two surgeries when I was 15. I lost 12 pounds. And because I was so low weight, which is a CHD side effect, so to speak, I lost my periods almost a year. So in a way, I guess you could say I really didn't maybe start till I was 16. Okay. Now, did the doctor say starting your period early can have something to do with early menopause, or did they not get into that? They did not get into that, and I don't know that our research scientists or doctor's research supports that. Okay, because that was just a question of mine all the time, Mm because I started late, too, and... I always wondered about that. 
that was more of a personal interest of mine sort of question. That's fine. I do think that maybe the destruction of my egg somehow through either uh, surgeries, x-rays, something, and I'm not saying that's, that's necessarily what happened, but that we have a huge chunk of our egg that actually died before we even reached puberty. So was there something that happened to you and myself and maybe other women with CHD that I don't know about that caused a larger chunk of them to die off before we reached puberty? And that yeah, and I'm, yeah, and I'm thinking it could be the lower oxygen when we were younger. Yes. I think is, that has I, more effects than we think. Is a depleted oxygen level, does that kill them off? I don't know. Right. Yeah, well, and we may never know. No. <laughs> Not in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah. It took a while to finally get answers about the symptoms you were experiencing. Why do you think your doctors missed the proper diagnosis? Did your heart condition throw them off, or are there two conditions somehow connected? I don't know why my GYN was unwilling to accept that I could be going into early menopause. I do know that we live in a rural area, and things out of the normal, they just don't necessarily get the attention they deserve. For example, when I was born, my parents were told, she has a heart murmur, she'll grow out of it, don't worry about it, take her home. <laughs> you know, there's that idea of nothing can be out of the normal. I often tell my husband, if you hear hoof beats in Central Park, don't think zebras. And so doctors around here really do hang to that in that they're not likely to think of something way out of filter. So... Early on, it was thought that I was having PMDD, and that may very well have been the case. The menopause specialist seems to think my two conditions, the heart condition and early menopause, are related and that my body has been through a lot that most women don't go through. Otherwise, I don't think there is a direct correlation that we can point to. Okay. That makes a lot of sense there with your body going through a lot of surgeries and just changes and actually the low oxygen, that mm -hmm. does make sense to me anyway. And I'm sure you've done some research. Is experiencing menopausal symptoms in your 30s more common than we think? Well, we know that healthy women, i.e. no congenital defects, can go through early menopause also. It's, it's not necessarily just ill or sick people go through early menopause. We also know that women who do not have children will go through menopause early. Women are born with all the eggs we will ever have, and we lose many of them before our first period. They just die off. That being said, I have done some limited research for information that links DHD to early menopause, and I have found nothing. And part of the problem is that there's not many of us prior to today that lived into our old enough to even talk about menopause. So there is limited research. I have tried to find research on oxygen levels and egg depletion, but I didn't find anything. I also wonder if the childhood stress could have caused an increased death. 
of the egg. We do know that stress can slowly unravel our chromosomes. So could it be damaging the DNA or the chromosomes sitting in those eggs? I don't know. Or could all the chest x-rays that I had as a child destroy my eggs? I've had so many chest x-rays, heart casts, and I've had two MRIs. I mean, I should freaking glow in the dark. I can remember hugging x-ray plates. And because I was so little, my arms and my legs would both be wrapped around the plate with my chin resting on the top. Yeah, I remember those days, too. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, nowadays, yeah, and nowadays they don't do, at least I don't think, they do chest x-rays as much. Yeah, I haven't anymore. had one since I was in my early 20s. Yeah, me, me either, since I was, yeah, since my Glenn. When I was like 25, that was my last one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I don't think they do them as routinely anymore because mm-hmm. of the radiation effects. But so, back on topic, what advice would you give to other women who experience symptoms like the ones you had? Who can help give the most accurate diagnosis regardless of age of onset? I would say, and I would say this no matter what your complaint is, don't stop asking questions. Keep pushing for answers. You are your own best advocate. Record your symptoms. There are plenty of apps that you can get on your phone. I have one that's called iPeriod. It gives you multiple symptoms that you can record, calendar, and all sorts of interesting little tidbits on that thing that you can use to record your symptoms. And if all else fails, go to a menopausal specialist. I had listened, as you mentioned, to the ACHA webinar on menopause back in October. They suggested for me to go to a menopausal specialist. I contacted my cardiologist that evening, and the next morning I had an email from him saying, this is who we're going to send you to, and my nurse will be setting up the appointment for you. Realize, though, that blood tests may or may not show you are in menopause, but there are several tests that can be done for your hormone level to the health of your egg. So it just depends on when they draw the blood, when they kind of hit you (laughs) up for your blood as to what hormone levels they're going to see. Okay, makes a lot of sense. And thank you. And that concludes this episode with Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern Time. Until then, please find and follow our radio show on YouTube. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more.